This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. Okay, you ready? Yes, sir. And we're talking about OU football, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. What's going on? This is the OKC82 Podcast. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, weekly NBA League-wide episode. Whew. Dropping into your podcast feed this afternoon, so congratulations, everyone. You're the lucky winner. Do we need a name for this edition of OKC? We've been trying to think of a name for the gambling podcast <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> months, and we oh, can't what come did, up with oh, What did Chase, Chase was on to something? Hedge it. Hedge yeah. Yeah, hedge yeah. Hedge yeah. I thought that was really funny. But yeah, they, I they, liked it. Yeah, they, they weren't a fan. Um, but yeah, so we did come up with an idea. That'd be a, a name for the show. That'd be a good one. Yeah, um, I guess I'll ask on Twitter, but everybody's, everybody's still in football mode. Mm-hmm. Everybody will, I mean, they'll remind me that it's football season when I ask Thunder questions or basketball questions a lot of the times when it's not a Thunder game day. So, sure. God forbid. God forbid, indeed. Speaking of the Thunder, they got a win this week. I think this they're they're back. They're, they're back. They're, uh, they're NBA title odds. They never left. They never left. They've been back more than uh, Texas. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, so, there you go. I think, uh, I think it's fair to say now the – Oklahoma City Thunder, the favorites to win the Western Conference, and everything is right in the world. <laughs> I mean, the, you've got the, one of the best defenses in the league. So Six, last time I looked. They'll, I, they'll always be in the conversation in most of these most of these games, but we'll see. It's always the offense's fault. Just can't score. Can't get Gallinari the ball enough. SGA doesn't get uh, foul calls. Chris Paul, I mean, he had his first good Thunder game in game six. So offense is slow, but sh- slowly but surely becoming average. Um, Oklahoma City is currently third in the league in defense. Oh, so props on them. What's Orlando? Fifth. Fifth. Oh God, this is going to be a hard game to watch for people that don't like not scoring. That's true. I didn't <laughs> think about this. Tuesday's going to be a rough one. <laughs> What's up with Danilo Gallinari being like the new Serge Ibaka, or the new Stephen Adams? Where I don't, he scores. I don't even twelve know. points in the first quarter and then doesn't touch the ball again. I don't even know because obviously defenses will adjust. But then you've got to adjust your offensive schemes in order to get the guy that's hot with the ball, um, give him the ball. And I can only really recall one time where the Thunder needed a bucket where they actually drew up a play to get Gallo the ball, and it was uh, Portland in the corner. And it was a great play because it got Gallo the ball wide open in the corner. He just undershot it, missed, and the Thunder ultimately lost that game uh, after Rodney had hit that corner three. Um, but other than that, I can't really recall because a lot of the times they'll just depend on isolation ball. It's the same thunder problem that we've seen, you know, for 10 years. You, know, right. you get down to crunch time and, you, like, whether it be Scott Brooks, whether it be Billy Donovan, and nine times out of ten, like, I agree with it because you've had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook for the better part of those 10 years. You let your guys go win you a basketball game when you've got that type of talent. Now they're left with, like, aged Chris Paul – who has success in isolation ball from time to time. You've got a lot of step back threes. A lot year. of step back threes. And have you noticed he the, always there was does a big finger point there <laughs> that, none of, that no one's going to be able to see. Because I've seen it three times now, so I, I can't wait to see it potentially tomorrow night. Um, if the Thunder have the ball and they have a two-for-one opportunity, Chris Paul always takes a isolation step back three at the left elbow. He did it against Golden State. He did it against Portland, and he did it against New Orleans. Good for him. He's two for one, or one for two, or two for three. Excuse me, I can't do math. So you've got aged Chris Paul. You've got SGA, who, like I said, he doesn't get a lot of calls. So to have him 
uh, you know, at 21 years old in his second year, try to win you a basketball game. I mean, you're going to lose that battle a lot more times than you win them. And then they even try to get Gallo like, all right, do something. It's like he's not an isolation basketball player. And he told us that last week at practice. He was like, I don't really like playing that way. That's not how you win basketball games. I like playing team basketball. And so Billy just has to do a better job of drawing up schemes in order to get Gallo the ball in, in better spots. But, you know, the, the next question is, is it fair to criticize that five, six games into a season with a bunch of new guys, a bunch of young guys that haven't played with each other? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. That's a tough one. But I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. Th- I didn't expect a well-oiled machine. No, no. Um, do you think the offense is going to get better, or do you think this is kind of what it is? I think it'll. I think it'll get better because guys like SGA will. I think if the more he attacks the basket, the more likely it is that he's going to be rewarded. Because um, I think the league will under like the league already understands how talented he is. It's just going to come down to the the officiating crews of each respective game. Um, he's an efficient player. I think that he's going to take care of himself. Guys like, I mean, guys like Darius Baisley and Hamadou Diallo, who the Thunder are depending on to score at some points, and Darius Baisley just had his first big scoring game. I think he's back. Yeah. <laughs> he also never left. <laughs> now, that, that's where you get kind of tricky because we don't know if Hamadou Diallo is consistent. We don't know if Darius Baisley is consistent in terms of their scoring. Like, Hami has been able to put up double-digit points in, I think, the last three or four games in a row. But we don't know if that's sustainable because we just don't know. Like, as soon as teams start scouting a little bit better and have a little bit more film on guys, like maybe Hami hits a similar wall that he did last year. So if that happens, then the onus goes more on Gallinari and more on Chris Paul, more on SGA, more on Dennis Schroeder, who's played outside of his mind. And then you're you're depending on a guy like Steven Adams, who has yet to play up to the standard that we've seen him play um, in the first, what, four games, and he's been out the last two games with the knee contusion. So um, I, I think if you take out the trade factor, if you, take, if you take all that out, I think, of course, like it'll get better. I just think it gets better along with the rest of the league, so I don't know if it's going to equate to anything very visible. You know, because defenses are going to get better with more games. Offenses are going to get more better with games. So – I think internally they're going to improve, but to you and me when we're watching them, like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of the same problems. Yeah. Um, Dennis Schroeder's been amazing. Really, really good. He didn't, he's, I don't recall a four-game stretch last year where he played like this, especially on both ends of the floor. The guy is giving 100% effort. Is it a right situation with the right people around him? Is it just a stroke of luck? I think you and I both agree it's probably not sustainable. Well, I don't know because if he was some do- variations, if, but not this good. If he was doing all this by like because he was hot from the three point line, then yeah, I would 100 percent agree with you. But other than the Golden State game, I think he was. I, I don't think he's hit a three in the past four games. Yeah, like I think Golden State he hit two or three, and yeah, if Dennis Schroeder's going to have a night where he hits four or five threes, then it's like yeah, that's not sustainable at all because he's incredibly streaky as a shooter. And a lot of times, like, there were a handful of games last year where I would go on the post-game show on 107.7 and just say... Um, Stop th- shooting? Yeah, Schroeder shot the thunder out of this game. You know, you just look up, you look at the box, box score, and it's like one of six, one of seven, and the thunder lose by two or three. It's like, yeah, he shot him out of the game. Uh, Russell Westbrook had that same problem. But um, he's been doing it mainly because of effort. Like, he's, he's picking up a guy full court, he's getting steals, he's being a pesky defender... Um, 
and in so doing, he's kind of racked up fouls because he's had three or four fouls in each of these games. But he's also getting to the basket, and I'm wondering if it's just because the floor is a little bit more spread than it was last year because you've got the threat of Gallinari. You've got the threat of SGA, who's a pretty good three-point shooter. You've got Chris Paul, of course. So when they're all three on the floor, even though I don't like that lineup particularly for SGA's purposes, I think for Dennis it's really maximized his uh, his uh, his assets. Maximize his assets. You sound like a woman talking about a push-up bra. Mm. All right, let's play uh, some Thunder trivia. Who's currently leading the team in scoring? Uh, Shay. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Who's currently leading the team in offensive rebounds per game? Mm. Would that be Shea as well? Steven Adams. Number uh, two is Hamadou Diallo. He's averaging was, two was, offensive rebounds a game. It was either Shea, Steven, or Hami that I was toying with. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the – Defensive rebounds per game. Who is third? Who's third? Number one is Steven Adams. Number two is Shea Gilds Alexander. Defensive rebounds per game. Um, would that be Nerlens Noel? Dennis Schroeder. Oh wow, coming in as the third leading defensive rebounder for the team. He's doing it all he's over. He's also place. the third leading rebounder, just overall. I mean, what's he getting? Five or six? Uh, he's getting six a game. Okay. Shea's getting seven point two, and uh, Steven Adams is getting almost twelve. Assist per game. Yeah, that's pretty ugly, isn't it? Oh, gosh, man. This is a bad stat. Four and a half is currently leading the way of Chris Paul. Number, yeah. Number three is Dennis Schroeder at four. Shea Gills Alexander is number three with 3.3. Do you know who's number four? Is it Darius? <laughs> it's Stephen Adams at one and a half. Woof. What a bad player he is. Woof. <laughs> man, what a bad... Uh, what a bad situation. All right. This one I actually like. Turnovers per game. Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gildas Alexander, one, two, three. Chris Paul's only averaging three. Dennis is averaging two. Shea's averaging one and a half. The turnover numbers this year have gone down. Mm-hmm. Now, as we mentioned, their offense does not look any better. But uh, their, their turnover numbers have gone down. I think that's an encouraging sign. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, the offense hasn't looked better, but do you like it? Do you at least like the opportunities they're getting? Do you think that they're? Do you think they're? De- no. I mean, I, I. You don't. No. I'm trying to figure out how to describe this because they're doing weird. Like we're gonna. It's like you watch Hoosiers. I assume you have. Yeah. The coaches. We pass the ball however many times it is. Eight times or six times. I can't remember mm-hmm. how many times they're supposed to pass in that movie. Um, and that's kind of what it feels like. It's like they're just like doing this weird like. They're just passing the ball around, passing the ball around, and then there's six seconds left on the shot clock, and now Danilo Gallinari or Chris Paul or Shea alexander isolates. And it's like, well, this is the same offense. It's just occurring 12 seconds later than it did last year. Like, this is the same thing. Yeah. At least that's my take on it so far. There hasn't – how about this? I can't think of five plays where I've gone, wow. They really, really flung <laughs> the ball around and got a guy open. No, I mean, that's that's true. I agree with that. I've been a little surprised with the amount of isolation plays that we've seen, you know, six games into the year. I didn't expect to see this many, but um, I mean, I don't know. I also don't know how much we could have expected because it kind of goes back to, is it fair to criticize Billy for not getting Gallo the ball enough because this is six games into the season and all these guys, none of these guys have played with each other. So, and I don't know. I mean, a lot of their, like whenever they do have good offensive showings, like in a quarter, it mainly comes because guys are hitting wide-open shots or guys are getting to the basket, like SGA or Dennis Schroeder. Um, Chris Paul hasn't really done that much on the offensive end in terms of scoring. Uh, Steven Adams has been pretty much a non-factor scoring. 
Um, Hamadou Diel has been a breath of fresh air, but at, like past that, you know, you're depending on Nerlens Noel to get some putbacks. You're Abdul Nader doing things out there. Abdul Nader finally got a first non-garbage time three-point shot. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Was it against New Orleans? Yeah, it was against New Orleans. Yeah, it was this past week. Um, and then Hami, he can give you stuff, but um, I don't know if you saw I, – I don't know if you were – I don't know if this was the first half or the second half where he hit that, where he shot a corner three. I didn't mean to say hit. He shot, attempted to shoot a corner three, and oh my God, he missed everything. It didn't go over the rim. It went to the left, completely airballed. That's not good. It's not good. So, you know, if SGA doesn't have a good day, good day finishing at the rim or getting to the um, basket, Gallinari's not getting enough opportunities. Like the Thunder might score in the 80s. For sure. Uh, speaking of scoring in the 80s. Offensive rating for Oklahoma City right now, where do you think they rank out of 30 teams? Um, 26, 27? 27th it is. Uh, 101. Just for, uh, let's see, the Sacramento Kings are at 101. The Utah Jazz are at 101. The Atlanta Hawks are at 102. That one actually surprises me a little bit. Um, has Trey, as he comes Cleveland back? has a 104. <laughs> Cleveland, boys and girls. Charlotte has a 105. B- Beeline's getting Tristan Thompson like an MVP. He's trying to. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte being at 105 is a shocking development. Oh, I mean, I'll ask since it's the weekly show. So how's the uh, Chicago experiment going so far? Kobe White. I don't I like Kobe White's hair. Yeah, Kobe White's hair is awesome. One of the – him, Jared Allen. Who else? Have good hair? Have good hair. I'm not going to say Gordon Hayward. I don't like when people – I don't like when athletes gel their hair. And then go anti-gelled hair. Well, well that is a shock. Have you ever the way you look? Have you ever sweated with gel in your hair? That that gel just runs down your face and you get all sticky. <laughs> I just I don't get why. Like yeah, let me go run around for 35, 40 minutes. Uh, well, the Bulls are someone who I actually like to make the playoffs this year as an eighth seed, and I have not had any type of confidence at all. Uh, Lori feels like he's kind of the same guy. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter seems better. I like Wendell Carter. Kobe White, who I thought would be the answer to all my prayers, uh, is not very good. Last night, 0 of 6. The night before, 4 of 12. The night before that, 3 of 13. The night before that, 2 of 5. The night before that, 3 of 16. Those are Nikhil Alexander-Walker numbers. Oh, dude, he has <laughs> been horrendous. Uh, so maybe he gets it figured out. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, not doing well right now. So look at the seventh pick again, because they always get the seventh there pick. There you go. Um, I'll, I'll throw this little weird stat line out at you because we talked about it on the Franchise Lender Insider show on Saturday. Um, I don't know if this has changed since Saturday, but I, I saw this and I about fell out of my chair. This player for the New York Knicks is shooting f- nearly 40% from three on four attempts, and he's also shooting 45% from the free throw line on five attempts a game. Wow. How is that possible? A, and B, who is that? Oh, man. Is it Taj Gibson? No. I'm trying to think of a really it's random not one, guy. It's not one of their power forwards. Not one of the mul- <laughs> not one of the mini power forwards. So that takes out like eight guys yeah. off the roster. Is it, is it Dennis Smith Jr.? Nope. Good guess. Frank Nilakina? Uh, that's what I would have said if somebody asked me this question. I'd have said Frankie Smokes. I have no idea. RJ Barrett. He's shooting I I never would imagine he's shooting that poorly from the free throw line. Well, here's my thing. Cuz we've seen guys be good free throw shooters and bad three-point shooters we've seen guys be pretty good three three three-point shooters and bad free throw shooters but if they're bad they're shooting like 60 or 70 percent which mainly means they're going to make the majority of the ones that really matter sure 
how does somebody shoot 40% on not just two attempts, but four attempts a game, and then 45% from the free throw line? How is that possible? I don't know. That's weird. That has to be one of the weirdest stat lines I've ever seen. Well, I was just like perusing basketball reference, and I just fell down the wormhole. The other night when Portland beat Oklahoma City, I think they shot 42% from the three-point line and like 44 from the floor. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world's happening here? Yeah, and like it kind of went into all this nonsense of like so-and-so played really good defense. I'm like, really, did they? Because CJ McCollum was like 5 of 10 from the three-point line. That's not good. That's not good defense at all. Favorite rookie so far? Um, in the NBA? Yeah. Um, well, I mean. <laughs> Are you going to say Darius Baisley? Get the fuck out no, of no, here. No, no, no. Tyler Hero? GTFO. <laughs> Will you explain to me this kid from Miami who played in the G League who now is suddenly a starter? Uh, Duncan Robinson? No. No, no, no. None. Oh, Kendrick Nunn? No, he was. he's a rookie. Is he a rookie or did he play in the G League last year? I think year? he played in the G League last year. No. Um, I think this is a Hassan Whiteside story all over again. Where it's like So, we I asked the same question, too. Um, did we talk about this last week? Uh, well, you and I no. did not. Um God. Oh, I guess we talk, probably talked about it on the radio show, um, which is <laughs> You're also... getting me and Jerry Ramsey confused. Go fuck yourself. Well, I mean, it's, I've talk, it's, ti- it's the time of year where we talk basketball every single day, and it's hard to kind of catalog where I said this or that. But anyway, so Kendrick Nunn, obviously I've been... And very- why can't the Thunder find someone like Kendrick Nunn, Brady? Well, when I tell you, it'll make sense. So I was... Pleasantly surprised that he's been, you know, dropping like 20 leading points. Score. Yeah. He's averaging 19 and a half points now, per game. Now, surprisingly, he didn't have that much of a, um, a say last night. When Do you know he just, doesn't have a single offensive rebound? Who? Kendrick Dunn. <laughs> no no offensive rebounds in, seven, in six games. You know, the the Heat just destroyed the Rockets who were coming off of a night, a Saturday night in uh, Miami, which uh, James Harden is very familiar with that, uh, especially being on the same team with Russell Westbrook. Um, Kendrick Nunn did, really didn't do anything, which is the surprising thing. But anyway, so I asked the same questions, too. Like, how come I've never heard of this guy? And all you got to do is Google his name. And you see, okay, he went to a school called Oakland University, not California, but in Michigan. Yeah. And then you do a little bit more digging. Like, okay, he was originally at the University of Illinois with Jabari Parker. Um, or not at the University of Illinois. Um, he was at the University of Illinois, but not with Jabari Parker. Um, he got kicked off. And this is why the Thunder wouldn't find this guy for domestic violence issues. Mm. Now, he um, did his time, or he didn't, I don't think he was ever convicted of anything, because you know how these issues typically come and go, like it's, there's an accusation, there's not enough evidence, but there was enough evidence apparently for him to do community service, to do counseling, and he went on to Oakland and became a four-year player. The reason why I could kind of remember him was the year Trey Young was at OU. Like, Trey Young led the nation in scoring. Kendrick Nunn was right behind him. So every time you'd see, like, the scoring graphics of, like, who's leading the country in scoring, there'd be, like, K. Nunn right under Trey Young's mm, name. Okay. So I kind of remembered it. Um, but that's why. Um, Miami took a flyer on him. So He's you, a rookie. He's 25. Yeah. You, Miami took a flyer on him. Um, and I guess on a personal level, you just hope that, that was just an isolated incident, and that's not who he is, and that he, uh, whatever happened, he learned from it and became, you know, a better human being. But that's why a lot of people are, A, like, who the hell is this guy, and how, how is he so good at scoring, and why is he, like, a, known, a nobody on the Miami Heat yeah. who are 5-1 and one and look pretty damn good? Your smile is so obnoxiously <laughs> large when you said that. Oh, man. I, the, the, Miami should just advocate to the league, hey – we want our opponents to have plenty of rest, so please let them have a night off bef- in Miami before playing us the next day. Like we're all about being gracious hosts. 
I uh, would like to formally announce, though, that I am leading the bandwagon charge of, holy shit, John Morant is so much better than I thought he was. John Morant? I thought John Morant was good, and I thought he was the clear number two pick. All the jo- all the R.J. Barrett stuff was cute. And R.J. Barrett's been good, too. From the three-point line. John Morant is so much better than I thought he was, and I already thought he was good. That kid is a blast. Yeah, he's uh, – Memphis is – I mean – He's a blast, and, and I love Buddy Heald, but I already love Memphis's young core more than I did than I ever did Sacramento's. And I know you're a huge De'Aaron Fox guy. Love De'Aaron Fox too. Can't tell. I like point guards. Big, yeah. big point guard. But uh, there's just something about Memphis. Maybe it's just because we're so used to you know covering the Thunder, watching the Thunder for the last decade. Like Memphis, good. You know, good organization. Relatively, they they take care of their good players. They develop some pretty good talent. And they are. They are. Little off the side, but I guess on this podcast it's okay. They are the definition of a team that either hits a home run or yeah. swings and misses in the draft. Hashim they either the nail it or they are so far off the guys out of the league in three mm-hmm. years. Yeah, which I, I guess like you could always, if you're a Thunder fan, go thank your lucky stars that Sam Presti's drafting for your team because I mean the Thunder have missed on Mitch McGarry, they've missed on Cole Aldrich, campaign and campaign. But even with campaign, they still got stuff out of him in a sure. trade. Um, all all Presti got out of Mitch McGarry was a drug connection. Exactly. <laughs> but most, the you know, other than the obvious three MVPs, you know, Presti has drafted guys in the in-between where you, you're just, where, where you just said that Memphis can't get to. They can't draft a Reggie Jackson or a Terrence Ferguson or a Serge Ibaka or a, or, Ibaka yeah. or a Darius Baisley or Steven whatever, Adams or a Hamadou Diallo in the second round. They haven't been able to do that. So No, they can't. <laughs> they can't. They either are drafting a superstar. Who's We're drafting all-stars or nothing at all. Yeah, it's like guys are going to be on their, their roster for 15 years or just nobodies or just a whole bunch of nobodies. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, yeah, Jaws – Jaws amazing. This is going to be a very fun rookie of the year um, competition because I mean Jaws every, leading the way right now. Yeah, Jaws leading the way. Um, everyone's kind of holding their breath on Zion because when he comes back, you know he he'll he, miss too much time. I think he'll still play like sixty games. Is that yeah, enough? I don't think how so. much. How many did Joel Embiid play? Fifty. Yeah, that was a crappy year. That was the that was Malcolm Brogdon was his biggest competition. I think that year. Yeah. No, no, no Malcolm Brogdon won it. But Malcolm Brogdon won it because Joel Embiid only played fifty games. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, like he didn't play enough. I think that rookie class is bad. I think this rookie class is really. I feel good. like if you play sixty, I feel like sixty should be like the. If you play sixty games, you're eligible. Sure, but you probably. I think it. Are you eligible? Yes, but I think you're still deducted some. Like, yeah, we're, we'll count you, and if you're the best player by a mile, then you can win the award. But yeah. I, I think this rookie class is so good that I think Zion's just going to get ruled out just based off games. Maybe, but I mean, it's good that he's like. Let's assume that okay, well, Atlanta guard Trey Young is expected to practice today. Sweet. Um, let's assume that he comes back and doesn't have any more injury issues. He's going to be playing basketball when it's just when basketball is the only sport being played. The NFL will be winding down. College football will probably be over. Um, and then once you get into the All Star break and then post All Star break, that's when basketball quote unquote matters to right. the league. So if he does succeed, he's going to be succeeding when everybody is like trying their hardest. And he'll also be playing after that time comes when teams are just like, all right, pack it in. We're not making playoffs. Just start tanking. Who cares? And then he'll be able to feast on that, assuming he's everything that we've heard. Because other than, what, a half of Summer League, we haven't seen him play anything in the NBA. So I don't know. But, I mean, if it was today, I'd go jaw. But Tyler here has got to be number two, and that's not the Heat fanboy in me. He's, he has been. A little bit. He has little been. A little, little bit. He is. A little bit. He looks like a bit. vet. He's playing like a vet, man. A little bit. He looks great. 
little bit. I mean, Who wouldn't want Tyler Hero on their team? That's fair. Do you want Josh shooting from the three-point line right now? Uh, is it good or that bad? Was, that was supposed to be his thing. It's yeah. like, oh, man, Josh can't shoot. Is it 35, 34? 50. No shit. 50%. On what? On how many attempts? Three and a half a game. Man, yeah, that's, that's not enough. But if that's supposed to be his big weakness. Yeah, I mean, that'll I'm not come. saying he's going to keep shooting 50%. Yeah, that'll that'll come down. It will come down. 19 points a game for Ja. All the way in. The funny thing is, is like when guys shoot like really hot like that, and you know it's not sustainable, they'll have a game where they don't make their first two or three, and they'll think, okay, I need to shoot myself out of this because clearly I've been on a hot streak, and then their percentages will plummet because they'll shoot four more and end up one of six or oh of seven, right? and it just <laughs> snowballs. That's quite the little noise there you just made. Shout out Terrence Ferguson. Shout out Terrence Ferguson. Goodness gracious, Jossman's so good. Uh, all right. Any other things around the league that's really shocked you so far? Because I can tell you one thing that has shocked me. What is that? Uh, Dallas is the number, number one offense in the league. And it's not necessarily because of Luka and Chris Dabbs. It's just Definitely not because of Chris Dabbs. It's because of Luka. <laughs> it's because of Luka. Yeah. Uh, Dallas has the number one offense in the league. I thought they were going to be good. I picked them to be a playoff team. This is shock. This, I thought I never thought they'd be, oh, man, they're going to be the best offensive team in the league. Uh, the Lakers have the best defense. That is shocking to me. Well, what's shocking is just Dwight Howard's been playing so well. That's got to stop, right? Well, I mean, is is it sustainable in that, like, is he playing this well or is he just kind of having a good little week or two? And then B, like, when's he going to get hurt? Is he like Samson with the dreads? I guess. He looks, he looks so odd with those shorts. Shorts? Am I missing something? It looks like he's wearing, like, tr- like track shorts. Oh, does it? Yeah, like just Google a picture of like of him the other night. It it just he looks so odd. I'm sure it's, I'm sure about the first, but I'm Google or I'm searching Dwight Howard shorts on Twitter. <laughs> um, he's been really really good, and I I with a lot of people, I think there's going to be some form of regression uh, up the road. But he's been good for the Lakers. But them being oh wow, you're right. Those are. Some funky looking shorts. Yeah, it, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's because well, they're like a, they they end like halfway up his thigh, and they're like bike shorts. Yeah, uh, I will say though. I mean, I thought the Lakers were going to be able to score points with LeBron James, and I thought they were going to score points with Anthony Davis. I was real skeptical of what they were going to look like defensively, and so far, they've looked really good. So you got Anthony Davis, LeBron James, who can be high end level defensive players, of course. You got Danny Green, who's a capable defender on the perimeter. Um, Dwight Howard, when he's engaged and not hurt, he can defend the paint relatively well. Um, I didn't watch enough of him in Washington because he didn't really play that play that much in Washington, um, and it's been a few years since he's been a good, capable defender. But um, really, I mean, the story of the Lakers is just Alex, Caru- Alex Caruso, just another Thunder player that got away. <laughs> just add one more to the list. Yeah. Um, Phoenix with four wins. Phoenix is doing things. They're giving players steroids, and suddenly they're overperforming. Good for them. Ugh. Phoenix should have never been as bad as they were. So maybe they're playing like they should have been playing the last few years. Yeah, maybe. They should have never been 17 wins bad or 20 whatever wins bad. Does this validate all the, well, you know... What's Cameron Johnson done? Has he done anything? I don't know. You think I've watched any Phoenix Suns basketball? All the people freaking out about Phoenix, because those people exist, I would just tell you, 
give it a, give it a couple months. Well, Ricky Rubio's a. I mean, you add him to your team, like he's going to improve you. He's just a Kelly Oubre is averaging 18 points a game right now. Like, <laughs> like I'm just sorry. Like that's Dude. just not going to continue. Kelly O U Bray, Al Bray. Cameron Johnson is averaging. He's appeared in four out of the six games, and he's averaging six points. Dude, two, shout out guy doesn't have any ACLs. Does not have any ACLs. Do you know who is uh, leading the team in uh, PER right now for the Phoenix Suns? It's not Dragon Bender. It's not Dragon Bender. Um, so shout it's check, not, it's check not, Diallo who's on this team. It's not DeAndre Ayton because he nope does not he, qualify. He only played, played one game. Um, I don't even know who who's who's their starting five. Yeah. Well, that's who it is. It's not Devin Booker. Like, no, no, no. They're starting. They're they're big man. Their starting center is the one leading the team in PER. Oh God, who's their backup center? It's not Tyson Chandler. It's Tyson not Houston. Tyson Chandler. I can't remember. It's Aaron Baines. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm so in on Aaron put Baines. Your, put your money down on Phoenix, man. <laughs> I guess a, so. That's sustainable. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, they've got such a weird team. <laughs> They've got such a weird team. And again, just go ahead and chalk me up of, uh, yeah, this is not going to last. Nope. Uh, but it will be interesting to see the Thunder play Phoenix because that w- those were like the Thunder's like get back on track games last year. But now eh, it might be a little bit tough. Okay. Uh, one more Thunder thing and then let's get out of here. You have to get to practice. I have to go pick up my wife's groceries. Let's do that. At the end of this first half against New Orleans, the Thunder closed with a lineup of the three-point guards plus Hamadou Diallo and Danilo Gallinari. I like five. that. I like that. They were scoring at will. It would mean outstanding offense. Gallo was getting all the open looks from three. He was. He, every, anything he wanted, he was getting against New Orleans uh, from the outside. Hamadou Diallo was used as a screener and was rolling to the basket a handful of times. And like, We just hadn't seen any of that from Hami. I just, is that something we're going to see a lot more of? Was that just one of those Billy Donovan, we're going to do it once, see if it works, put it in our back pocket? Yeah. I just, I, what do I make of that? Uh, I mean, I asked Shay about it in the locker room. He gave me the answer that I assumed was coming. Like, I was like, what does the floor look like? And he was like, it looks wide open. Like, guys are, like, Gallo can get the ball wide open, Hami can roll the basket, and whoever is going to be trailing him cannot match him athletically. Um, so it gives you a lot of opportunities, but you know, you, the idea is we're going to throw out a lineup out there that they will adjust to us, you know, accordingly. But if they don't, it's like, yeah, you can get away with like, if Jaleel Okafor is guarding Gallinari, he's not going to be able to close out in time on a three point shot, but then you turn her back around. Like Gallo's not going to be able to handle Jaleel Okafor and Jaleel Okafor is average, but he's could just physically dominate Gallinari in the paint. You know, so it just, it really depends on foul situations. Like what does the opponent have going on injuries? You know, what are they trying to go with? And then Billy has to counter with that. And it's, it's completely situational, but it is so much fun to watch because you see like all the athleticism and the ability put on full display, at least offensively. Um, so, like, it, it's an interesting thing. It, it negates the uh, three-guard lineup that I hate so much because Hami's out there. But I don't know, like, in the middle part of a game where you can't have Gallo running the five, I don't know if we're ever going to see a three-guard lineup plus Hami. You know, we're going to see Gallo out there. We're going to see Darius Baisley out there, yeah. you know, at the power forward position. But it is fun because Hami's fun to watch, and he can get you trash points and trash buckets. Uh, 
Gallinari, um, if he's being trailed by a slow, burly center, it's like that's three points, bucket right there, easy. Um, Chris Paul's a wizard in the paint, in the mid-range, so it's fun to watch, but I just don't know if that's the quote-unquote death lineup that the Thunder are going to have rolling out this season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's uh, the death lineup. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I would call it. Um, I think it's Mark Jackson. There's not a whole lot of things I'm going to steal from Mark Jackson, but this might be one of them. Uh, I think he calls those lineups a landslide lineup. Okay, mm-hmm. it's either going to be a landslide where all of a sudden everything starts going your direction. Yeah, you're scoring a whole bunch of points. They can't answer. They have to adjust. The other team is struggling, or you're going to get out there. You're going to throw up two three pointers. They're both going to break off the back of the rim and come back the other way. You're going to get dominated on defense, and it's going to landslide the other way. It's yeah. going to be a landslide. You just don't know which direction it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I I think that's one of those lineups. I think we'll see that again against certain teams. Like whenever Houston comes to town, they're playing PJ Tucker at the five. Like that lineup makes some sense. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see that look, but there's like Milwaukee who they're playing on Sunday. That's that lineup's not even in the, no, in the parameters of possibly being on the floor. <laughs> uh, so I, I wouldn't expect that to be the, the magic closing juice, uh, that some Thunder fans might anticipate based off how successful it was. Because if you look at the lineup data for that one, it's hilarious. It's hilarious right now. Cause that's the only four minutes they've played together. Yeah. Now, like at the situationally at the end of the game, it does give Billy an option that he can go with athletically. Um, he did it against Portland, and that's how Rodney Hood got the wide open three because Gallo didn't close out in time. Surprisingly, Hami wasn't the guy that made the mistake. You'd think out of all of them that Hami would be the guy that makes the mistake and doesn't know where to go. But um, it does give Billy an option, an interesting option. But uh, like I, even though I don't like it as much, like we're just going to see the three guard lineup over and over and over again to close out games and. For um, the Thunder the other night, it worked out because Dennis Schroeder turned into like a defensive stopper all of a sudden, got all these game-clinching turnovers and uh, transition points. So, I mean, cool. That works. Uh, Hopefully it works against Orlando. I don't know if it's going to work against Milwaukee, but we will see. We will see indeed. Uh, All right. I'm trying to... I I just... I have to read you these this lineup data for that one if I can find it very quickly. (laughs) Oh, here it is. Uh, Do you know what their offensive rating is with... Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, Hamid Diallo, and Shea Gildas Alexander the floor. They played five minutes together. Okay. Do you want to take a shot at their offensive rating? Is it one sixteen? One ninety four. Ouch. One ninety four. Sustainable. Four. <laughs> their defensive rating. Stardom playing forty eight. Defensive minutes. rating. I don't even know. One oh one. They have a 93 net rating with that lineup on the floor right now. Uh, five minutes. I'm just saying it because it's funny. I, it doesn't actually mean anything. I'm purely bringing it up because it's hysterical. God. No. Um, Their true shooting percentage is 130. You know now. 130. You know the next time that all five of those guys are out there, like our antennas, like, we're, like you're going to be in a different spot. More than likely, I'll be, you know, wherever I am. Our antennas are just going to be like, oh, wow, 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 wow. What the hell's going on here? Bet the over, bet the over, bet the over, bet the over. That's what you have to do, I think. i got to take my shirt off for this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen a line a lineup like that with that those numbers. And, and that'll change. Here's but. here's the worst thing that can possibly happen. Billy never plays it again this this entire year and that's how that's that's oh those my are gosh. the numbers that we're left with. So all these games of the Thunder will lose, the games that they'll lose at the like, you know, close battles towards the end of a game and we're going to have that to look at. Thunder fans are going to be like, "Why is it Hami at the 4, Gallo at the 5? What are they fire Billy out of it?" It's also an incredible rebounding lineup because they got 100% of the defensive rebounds. 
So they, I mean, <laughs> if you miss, man, they're coming down with the board, no doubt. Gallo's a monster on the glass. M- monster on the glass. <laughs> they also rebounded fifty percent of their own misses. <laughs> Tony, this is the best. I see no flaw in this no lineup. Flaw. No flaw. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. Well, Brady, as always, I appreciate you hanging out with me, man. Oh, of course. Uh, go get some groceries. All right. Talk to you later. Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.